PBF podcast number 54. This is Romeo One Oscar coming to you on Radio Free America. PBF Public Radio. PBF Fresh Air. So, since our last meeting here on the digital airwaves, we had an incident which occurred in Denver, Colorado. A Patriot rally, what was the exact name that they had called themselves? Patriot Muster, yeah, was organized. Um, we know that back in July... There was a rally, a Back the Blue rally that occurred in Denver. And that rally was attacked by BLM and Antifa types. It appears that there was another attempt to hold a rally in Denver over the weekend. And it turned quite violent. In fact, a man who has been identified as Matthew Doloff shot and killed a member of the Patriot Muster. And, of course, there are many narratives going around as to what happened. Um... Let's see first what we can piece together here. We know that Matthew Doloff was hired by Nine News Denver, an NBC affiliate, in that this Matthew Doloff had very far-left views. Some of his far-left views included uh, things that were found on his um, on his Facebook and his Twitter and things like that. His past history included things like FTP, fuck the police. Um promoting Occupy Denver. Promoting Occupy Democrats. And just generally all around, fuck this guy, in reference to Donald Trump. He did speak openly about confronting people for wearing Trump buttons and say that something to the effect, I'll paraphrase here, that I walked up to a guy wearing a Trump button today and I said, nice racist button you got there, and the guy didn't respond. Now, Nine News in Denver apparently 
has been noted for some time for having a quite left-leaning view. Now, it is the NBC affiliate, which seems to fall in line with a lot of what we've seen from the parent company as well. It has definitely taken a very leftward slant. You know, uh, MSNBC had it. It does appear that this has gotten even stronger now. It appears that what we're seeing, and with Comcast playing a role here as well, since you know they've really taken it under their wing. Um, so this comes from the Post Millennial: The man who shot and killed veteran and Trump supporter Lee Keltner at a Denver Pratchett rally has been revealed to be a longtime leftist who believes Trump supporters are racist. The conservative demonstrator was shot and killed by a man hired by NBC affiliate Nine News as a security guard. Although the Denver Post originally identified the shooter as a Black Lives Matter supporter, the police later insisted the suspect, Matthew Doloff, was simply a private security guard with no affiliation with Antifa. But new evidence reveals that Doloff is indeed an outspoken leftist and has made social media posts, uh, yeah, this goes into it here, about confronting conservatives in the past. Ran into a Trump supporter with a Trump button on his shirt, told him, I like it, I, lo- I like their I'm a racist button. Uh, yeah, Obviously, he had good grammar skills. They had nothing to say. Fuck Trump. Other social media posts reveal similar attitudes, including one captioned, FTP, fuck the police, and another that is simply a photo of Trump captioned, fuck this guy. After his social media post revealing a combative attitude towards conservatives surfaced, many are questioning the validity of the claim that Doloff has no affiliation with Antifa. Others simply want to know why a local news affiliate would hire someone with such a worldview as a security guard for a pro-Trump rally. And uh, Mike Cernovich made a good point on Twitter yesterday saying, Nine News hired a pro-Trump-hating left-wing goon, gave him a gun, and brought him to a pro-Trump event. This is terrorism. And um, it, it, it is interesting. Um, let's come back to this topic here in a little bit, the, the whole terrorism aspect. Um, because what's important now is we now know that Doloff was not actually licensed. The man who was reported to be a private security guard who shot and killed the Trump supporter at a Denver Patriot rally has been revealed by CBS Denver affiliate to not have been a security guard after all. Matthew Doloff, who was identified by Nine News as a security guard who had been contracted by them for the rally, was reported by the city of Denver to not have been licensed for that work. CBS 4's Andrea Andrea Flores learned from the Denver Department of Excise and Licenses, that Doloff was not licensed as a security guard in Denver. 
from her Twitter, she said, Denver Department of Excise and Licenses confirms there is no record for an active licensed security guard now or ever for an individual named Matthew Doloff, and they give both spellings with one or two L's. If he was operating as a security guard, he was in violation of the law. More tonight. So, in Colorado, Escudero explained, Denver is one of three cities where security guards must obtain a license prior to practicing their trade. The state also requires a license for security guards. Training is mandated. Doloff is being held on first-degree murder charges, and it was declared by the judge in that case that he was being held without bond. The Saturday shooting saw a conservative demonstrator who had been attending a pro-Trump rally fatally shot by Matthew Doloff. The Trump supporter sprayed Doloff with mace, who returned with gunfire. Doloff was initially reported by the Denver Post to be part of Antifa or BLM, but Denver police later claimed that Doloff was a private security guard with no affiliation with Antifa. And, I mean, how do you really derive that? How do you really say that just because he's a private security guard, he has no affiliation with Antifa? I mean, uh, you know, there's the tattoo on his wrist. It's possible that that was an Antifa tattoo because there are tattoos of space invaders, which is the tattoo on his arm. But his... His company also, which was an electronic or electronic music company in um, the Denver area, and it did. Sorry, it's an electronic company, electronic music company in Denver, which made many appearances around Denver, and it was the name of that business that was placed below. Now that he could have specifically used that in order to demonstrate his support for um, Antifa. You know, I mean, that's that's not beyond the pale here. But even his business itself did show that he was raising money for BLM. And so this guy was hired by Nine News, which has that very leftist bent. Has uh, I can Kyle? I can't remember the name. Um, one of their reporters has really openly advocated for Antifa, and he has gone out of his way to mock people when they have discussed how. Um, the 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 whole uh, what do you want to say um, the dangers of being in Denver since a lot of this has occurred and he's mocked people because um, their unwillingness to come to Denver and Antifa has spoken up in favor of him on Twitter people challenged him to go down there to Denver without security and Antifa spoke up and said. You can come down here. You don't need security. Now, I think it's important to dive into what Cernovich said about the terrorism aspect because 
One of the things that's most interesting is there are videos of what looks to be there was a, an African American gentleman who was wearing a shirt, and this was about seven, eight minutes prior on video. He started confronting people from that Patriot Muster side. He was challenging, and it looked to be kind of, the guy could have been Hispanic, black, and he was even challenging an old man prior to that. He was getting up in people's faces. And if you've watched the actual video of the confrontation, you can see where the producer reporter from the Nine News is standing with this gentleman just to the right, this Doloff executioner, just to the right of the confrontation that occurs. And again, this black uh, black guns matter. This guy's wearing the shirt, but I almost I almost reached the conclusion here that he ended up wearing that shirt because he wanted to confront people. And it reminds me in some ways of the confrontation that occurred that led to the death of the Patriot Prayer guy up in um, Portland. You had this, this guy going up and confronting these supporters... And he he's shouting things like "shoot me" with the N word, and that's again that's very much like what we saw up in Kenosha. He's also um, just getting up in the faces of these people, being very provocative and he had been doing this to a few people I could see before in the crowd I think some people had identified him as the shooter before but no but it is interesting because in the video what it looks like you can see Keltner did have his bear spray pepper spray in his hand. But Keltner also had a holstered firearm. Is what it appears like. And it looks like Doloff was reaching for that. Doloff is reaching in. Keltner slapped him in the face. Then Doloff drew his pistol, and Keltner said, put it back in the holster. Put it back, okay. Did, it, did he mean put it in the holster? Doloff advanced, and then Keltner retreated. And as Keltner's retreating, Doloff reaches into his waistband and pulls out the gun. 
as he's reaching for the gun, well, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to put this all together in my head. So, Dolph drew his pistol, Keltner told him to put it back, Keltner sprayed, which, I mean, I don't know. You know, the, your, your, your spray is not going to do much against a gun. But Doloff fired. So there was a gentleman who came there, was provoking the situation. Nine News happened to be right there at that time. And then this Patriot Muster guy was executed. First degree murder is what he's been charged with. Again, I'm going to repeat something too as well. I get that people want to go and make a stand in these cities and stuff like that. These cities... Stay away from these situations if you can. You're not going to accomplish anything of benefit to you. Not that necessarily you will be somebody who will be killed. But the, the chance is very high now. Tensions are very high. It's a damn shame what has happened here. It's an even bigger shame that our media is actively participating in these pieces and provoking potentially these instances. Trying to set up an instance for something newsworthy. Look how quickly this escalated. I mean, if you watch the video too, it happens fast. It happens fast from where the black guy is Confronting this group of people. He's pushing people around. Don't you touch me. Shoot me. Mace me. And he was very confrontational with at least two people prior to that. It seems like the situation was intentionally provoked, in my opinion. I don't think they had really intended that someone would get killed, but what do you think is going to happen? And then this guy didn't even have a license to do what he did, which I hope um, hope Nine News just gets demolished in a lawsuit. So, in Portland overnight, the insurgents toppled an Abraham Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt statue, and museum windows were smashed. And we know that a few months back, Thomas Jefferson statues had been taken down. I mean, there are the Portland State University campus. 
museums. They, they're, they're bragging on Twitter, too, what they're doing. So, again, showing the discrepancy here. Twitter allow... Here, here's something. This march is from somebody named Grave Morgan, Peter. This march is super conscious of the pace. Several wheelchair block are in front leading the march. I'm not sure if this is the right term. My apologies if it is not. Anyways, I love this Portland protest. So it's funny. They're going to do destruction, but they're being super conscious of the pace so that the people in the wheelchairs in the front can lead the march. And shortly after that, crowd is pulling down the colonizer statue in the park outside the Portland Art Museum. Then strength. Elrad Dad is here and mad. And then four minutes after, it's down, crowd chants, fuck Teddy Roosevelt. And we're on to the next statue. And he doesn't even know, apparently, what the next statue was because it was Abraham Lincoln. And it's down. And then John, Portland protest, John the lefty, Teddy was toppled. You see it covered in uh, red paint. Sergio Almos, Mr. Almos. Now Lincoln, the statue is toppled in downtown Portland. And, you know, it's become Indigenous People's Day. According to OregonLive.com, the statues in the South Park block were toppled during an Indigenous Day of Rage. The nearby Oregon Historical Society Museum was also reportedly attacked. Video of the toppled statue showed they had vandalized with the words stolen land spray painted on their bases. The Roosevelt statue was also vandalized with murderer. Uh, and the Portland police did step up. And warn them, a mass gathering has formed at Southwest Park Avenue and Southwest Madison Street, where some are trying to pull down a statue with a chain. To those taking part, anyone involved in the criminal behavior, including vandalism, is subject to arrest or citation. But, the police didn't intervene. Let's see what Oregon Live says. As the crowd gather, a group threw chains on ropes on the statue. A bronze sculpture officially titled Teddy Roosevelt, Rough Rider, as others took a blowtorch to its base and threw red paint on the statue. They began to pull down until the statue rocked from side to side before falling down at 8.51 p.m. The group then turned to the nearby Abraham Lincoln statue, pulling it to the ground at 8.59 p.m. Statue painted on the or spray painted on the base of the statue was Dakota 38, a reference to 38 men executed after the Dakota U.S. War of 1862. Afterward, people in the crowd began smashing windows at the Oregon Historical Society, unfurling a banner that read "Stop Honoring Racist Colonizer Murderers," a mural on the attached Sovereign Hotel building depicting the Lewis and Clark expedition was splattered with red paint. The crowd also moved through downtown, breaking windows and destroying a sign at the Portland State University Public Safety Office and other buildings. So, what we've got here are the Bolshevik nihilists. They are trying to destroy the history. They are trying to bring about revolution.
This has nothing to do with Confederate statues. It's everything that's historical of America, and they're going to attack it. Yes, there were things in the past that were done, that were wrong. But it wasn't just the United States that committed these acts. It wasn't just the United States that had slavery. It wasn't just the United States that treated people poorly. They treated people they perceived as their enemies. Like many other places did. They killed them. Just as these native tribes killed people that they didn't like. It's, it's nothing special. It's nothing different than anything that had ever been done prior to that. It's not great. But we've changed a lot since then in, in trying to take a perspective and a frame of the modern era and apply it to that. just shows how dumb people are. But this is coming from our universities telling them to believe these things. And not just our universities, it's our high schools now too, indoctrinating kids with this. The cultural Maoists control these institutions. This comes from Town Hall. The WHO has had a change of opinion. The WHO has changed its position on government lockdowns as a measure for combating the Wuhan coronavirus. The WHO now believes that lockdowns have unintended consequences and should be avoided. We in the World Health Organization do not advocate lockdowns as the primary means of this virus. Dr. David Nabarro, the WHO's special envoy on COVID-19, said... So, Dr. Nabarro then cited some of the harmful negative consequences of prolonged lockdowns that conservatives and President Trump have been warning about for months. Lockdowns just have one consequence, that you must never, ever belittle, and that is making poor people an awful lot poorer, Dr. Nabarro warned. According to Dr. Nabarro, the only time the WHO believes a lockdown is justified is when a short time is needed to reorganize, regroup, and rebalance your resources, protect your health workers who are exhausted. But by and large, we'd rather not do it. The WHO official forecasted a possible doubling of world poverty next year and at least doubling of child malnutrition as a result of the lockdowns. It's amazing that the second, third order effects of the lockdown that people have discussed are now finally being addressed. But you, you scare the hell out of people. You convince them that this virus is going to kill a much larger part of the population than it did. You've got morons like Bill Gates out there telling us that the world's not going to be back to normal until the end of the next year until his companies that produce vaccines have prepared their vaccines.
The reversal comes after more than 3,500 doctors signed the Great Barrington Declaration, an open letter calling on world leaders to end the harmful lockdowns and adopt a new approach that scientists are calling focused perfection. Protection. Not perfection. Focused protection. An infectious disease epidemiologist and public health scientist we have grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental health impacts of the prevailing COVID-19 policies and recommend an approach we call focused protection. Coming from both the left and right around the world, we have devoted our careers to protecting people. Current lockdown policies are producing devastating effects on short and long-term public health. The results include lower childhood vaccination rates, worsening cardiovascular disease outcomes, fewer cancer screenings, and deteriorating mental health, leading to greater excess mortality in years to come, with the working class and younger members of society carrying the heaviest burden. Keeping students out of school is a grave injustice. Keeping these measures in place until a vaccine is available will cause irreparable damage, with the underprivileged disproportionately hard. The scientist-focused approach includes a focus on protecting the most vulnerable while allowing most Americans who are not at risk of severe illness to go about their daily lives and develop herd immunity. In other words, the exact opposite approach by Governor Cuomo, who has been said by Joe Biden that he will make attorney general. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. Oh, and, and Hillary. Hillary's looking like... Uh, just a quick side note. She wrote a piece for foreign policy, I think, yesterday. It's a 5,000-word treatise on American defense, and it looks like she wants to be the Secretary of Defense under a Biden administration. Again, which will be hailed. Unlike all the other women that Trump has appointed, and Trump has more women in his administration than Obama, but the media won't echo that I get sidetracked here sorry I think the thing that is really most important here is yes some members of the WHO note this why did it take so long why people are suffering people are suffering without jobs lives have been disrupted economies have been disrupted but apparently now, <laughs> now they're going to do something. Oh, well, I guess it's good to finally see some movement. Thanks for listening to PBF Podcast. This is Romeo One Oscar, and I am out.